Hey guys, what's going on? So today we have a special guest. Actually, all of my guests are special guests, but this special guest is someone that I found through a very special method, if you will. And her, her name is Betsy Ross. Okay. She's an author and she's writing a book series called fight or it's a fight series. But, um, first let's start off, let's start off with Betsy. Say hi. Hello. So how has your day been so far? It's been doing pretty good, actually. All right. Now, before we started recording, I told you a little bit about how my day started. And I thought I would share that with all of the listeners and watchers out there. I say watchers. No one's actually seen the video yet. Maybe in a couple months, I'll start releasing them. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure that part out later. But so my day started off about 4 o'clock this morning, 4.30 this morning. Woke up randomly on my own. Everybody's sleeping. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to get up. I'm going to start doing some stuff. I'm in the, our little office area here in the house. And suddenly around six, I hear this scream, like a blood curdling scream. And I mean, I freaked out. Like you see right now, I've got these little earbuds in. And as soon as I heard it, I ripped these out. I will go running down the hallway to find out what the hell's going on. And it was my wife that was screaming. And as I get into the hallway, she comes running out of the bedroom holding the baby. And I'm like, oh, shit, what happened? And she's like, oh, my God, she's not breathing. She's not breathing. I'm like, holy shit. So I grab the baby. I look at her. And the baby's just staring back at me like, what's up? How you doing, Dad? You know, and she's breathing. Everything's fine. She was a little bit red-faced. But my poor wife, she was having a heart attack. And uh, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. You can calm down baby's fine baby's breathing see and so she tells me the story of what's going on she's like I woke up uh, and as I always do I look at the baby I put my hand on her because I couldn't see her breathing and I couldn't feel her breathing either and when I kind of tugged on her arm a little bit she was just kind of limp so I freaked out I'm like okay natural response totally cool with that but she's fine it's okay and then of course my wife starts breaking down and then have to hold her and you know, tell her everything's cool and whatnot. And I, I mean, I felt really bad because I'm, I guess I'm an ass and I don't get totally emotional about some things, but my rational mind is like, all right, stay calm, try to keep her calm, try to get her to calm down and life will go on. And so that's, that's how our morning started today was with my wife freaking out, thinking that the baby did like that whole SIDS thing. And I was just like, Oh shit. <laughs> and um, yeah. So there you go. That, that, that's my morning story for the day. Um, now, I, I guess I should ask this question. Uh, you have a couple of kids yourself, right? Correct. Have you ever had an instance where you thought one of them was not breathing? I don't think so. I don't remember that. I'm, I'm gonna and have, I would have, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Um, my wife is going to remember that for a long, long time because I think it took five years off her life. But um, I'm going to have to research it, find out if there's like any instance where babies will suddenly like hold their breath for like a minute and then just, you know, but yeah, I, I'm not doubting at all what happened to her and I'm so sorry for her and I hope it never happens again. But honestly, this is actually the second time she's had that scare because the first time the baby was with her mom and her mom's like, you know, had her on the bed got up to go pee for just a moment and my wife walks by the room at that time and she sees a baby I, somehow I guess the baby rolled over on her stomach 
she's only three months old right now. Somehow she rolled over on her stomach and was face down and my wife freaked. I was at work at that time, but I got to hear that story later. And oh, that, that wasn't a good one either. But so I, I think actually between those two times, my wife probably has a much shorter life expectancy now because <laughs> she just, she had a heart attack. She's, she's done. But um, anyways, so I, I'm going to say that's our family moment for the, for the show. So um, if anyone's had that experience, please shoot me a message. Let me know because I'm going to need to know how to deal with this going into the future. But in the meantime, like I said, we've got Betsy Ross with us. Now, I found Betsy because she's an author, but as she's promoting her book series, she uses a hashtag called Veterans Unite. Obviously, this is the Veterans United or <laughs> Veterans Unite podcast. I almost went Veterans United, but there's also a home mortgage company called Veterans United, and I'm like, nah, too close. And after going through 20 million other name options, I came back to Veterans Unite because I want veterans to unite, get together, um, stop this uh, vet bashing that it seems like we all love to do. Don't get me wrong. Some of it's fun, but there is a point in time where you got to you know, be serious a little bit and stop you know, giving each other so much shit. And we need to come together. So Veterans Unite. Now, I am kind of curious, though, why did you use the Veterans Unite hashtag? Because it kind of coincides what the fight mission is in general, is Veterans Uniting, just exactly as you had said, that um, at least in the mental health perspective, you know, there is a limit. I understand we like to have fun across all branches. We like to make fun. We like to laugh. We like to joke, which is great. You need that humor. But there is a time where a veteran is not able to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what help that is, it's very hard to ask for help when you're constantly just joking and laughing and, oh, so everyone's great, therefore my problems, I'd just be, you know, basically the party pooper in the corner when really it's veterans need to unite. We need to be those leaders. We need to be the ones checking on one another because some veterans don't have families lean on some of them don't have that friendship connection they used to have when they were in the military that was a big thing I had seen when I got out of the military was that it just seemed like my entire unit just cut me off mm -hmm. it was like once that uniform comes off we lose connection the leaders right. we looked up to our chain of command everyone's just like well you're not in the military why would I want to talk to you like I don't need to check on you anymore and once you lose that that camaraderie that a lot of us miss it's gone yeah. And even if we have blood family to go to, or if we move back home, it's not the same. It's what we used to know, but now that we're out of the military, it seems new. It seems different. We don't know how to readapt back into what we grew up in or what we were, what we were more familiar with at one time. But now mm -hmm. things basically changed. Exactly. Um, so since we talked about military a little bit, um, what got you into the military? I was actually working on my associates for geology at the time when I decided maybe I should just go into the military because I actually almost joined the Air Force right out of high school because I was an Air Force brat. Both mm -hmm. my parents were Air Force. I have a whole long family line tradition <laughs> with Air Force. I am the only one in my family who went Army. Oh, wow. And so it's, I guess I've always been a rebel like that, but um, at first, I was kind of doubting myself that I'd make it, that it mm -hmm. was for me. 
And some point halfway through my associate's degree, I was thinking, I think I do, I can, I think I can handle that challenge of, you know, trying to serve my country, trying to be, you know, a soldier. It kind of became a new goal and I'm a pretty big goal setter. So once I set a goal, I go after it. Awesome. So how long were you in for? I was actually in only for a couple of years. I ended up injured and it was very short lived, but that's just another reason why I really try to push the fight series is because I felt like I had failed myself, mm-hmm. my family, my, my unit and my friends, but you know, I, I, I still wanted to do something and based on what I experienced and based on how I transitioned out of the military, I'm like, we have a lot of friends, the fellow comrades that commit suicide. And I've, I've had a taste of that darkness too. And I really wanted to be a voice for them because I don't think people understand the why, the reasoning, the, you know, why would someone take their life? Cause I questioned that too. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just, it just became a very important topic and it became a passion. And now I, I basically go all for, for full force that this needs to be done. Someone needs to do it. And so I just took initiative and made it happen. Gotcha. And so would you say that's why you took up writing? And so you could try to get that, that out of you, so to speak? Basically, uh, more so that it was, I didn't know how I'd be able to do it. I didn't have connections. I didn't have any type of position or uh, uh, I wasn't working in a way or position that I would be able to do something, but mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a writer. I, I wrote poetry since middle school, but I always wanted to write an actual book. Right. And the fight series wasn't meant to be a series. So when I wrote fight, it's basically a short story. It's under 100 pages, each book in the series is. But I realized that the intensity and the emotional side of it really hit people. It really hit home for a lot of them. And I was like, well, this needs to continue. So I decided to uh, pinpoint a lot of the stereotypes we have in our veteran community, whether it's from outside looking into the veteran community or veterans amongst each other, that there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And I, I'm sure a lot of people don't appreciate it, but the truth needs to come out because to in order to fight something you can't see, such as mental health or PTSD, mm-hmm. you have to face the facts. You really right. have to really get your hands dirty to realize this is why people are committing suicide. This is why you may not be able to understand it, but this is why. And you really can't play dumb when you're really, if you really care about why people are doing it, why the numbers are increasing to more than 22 veterans committing suicide a day. Yeah. And that's the fight mission. Gotcha. Yeah. uh, So I'm listening to the audible of the first book right now. And um, as, as the book has progressed, I, I, I don't have PTSD. And I'll be honest, yes, I do not understand what exactly a lot of people are going through. But as you go through this book, 
the way it goes back and forth and jumps from past to present, it, it ties you into it. And it, it initially it was almost confusing the way it was coming together. But then as the book goes on, it totally makes sense as it, as the story and the characters intertwine with each other. And it, it, I'm on like chapter seven right now. I'm not, I think I've got like another hour in the audible to go. And, um, I'm hooked on it. I mean, I was trying to listen to it this morning. I was trying to do some research on something else and I I found myself listening to it more than I was paying attention to what I was researching. So I I have to stop for the moment. So I had to pause it, but as soon as I can, I plan on getting back into it. Um, now the, the one thing that I find unfortunate is you said book two does not have an audible right now. Not yet. <laughs> so uh, any plans on that coming out soon? I'd like to say yes. It's it's kind of a process and plus finances are a little difficult because mm. I am a self, basically a self-published author. I basically self-market. I do everything myself and I don't have the crazy finances to do all of it. I can't get hardcover. I can't get audible right away right uh, audible though takes auditions it takes people you know that right person to be able to voice it and yes. being how fight is i t- tend to be pretty picky right and so it can be very difficult to find someone willing to do that gotcha um so when, when did the first book come out december of 2017 okay now I I went back through I went I was on your Instagram page which for all of y'all listening uh her Instagram is Betsy Ross author you have to put the author part in oh wait no I'm sorry it's not it is um Ross for vets so if you want to look at her Instagram it's Ross for vets I I did a deep dive on your profile there and I found this one review that someone had written they gave you a five star review and they were going on about how how they love the story, but at the same time, it it struck home in a very personal way to them. And because of it, they're like, you know, if you're a, how do they phrase it? If you're a sensitive person, this might not be the right book for you. But if you want a better understanding of what the vets are going through, this is a must read. And um, I, I thought that was a pretty strong uh, uh, review because the person was actually like, almost like, I hated the book because of how it made me feel, but it's a beautiful book because of what it makes you feel. And so I thought that was a really good, really good review. Uh, So definitely for all y'all out there, I highly recommend the series to begin with. Got to start with book one, because from what I understand, the character, um, I don't want to say profiles, but that's that's the word that comes up. Yeah, there you go. The character development goes from book one to two to three, correct? So you kind of have to, you have to know first one to solely understand the characters of the second one and how everyone interacts. But like she said, it's, it's less than a hundred pages. Um, reading is something I need to also get back into. And so I think that's what I'm going to have to do with book two. I'll, I'll go ahead and just get the, get book two and go that route. Um, now when will book three be out? It is supposed to be done and published by May. This coming May. Awesome. And then will there be another, will there be a book four? Or does that depend yes. on? <laughs> no, there is. Um, I hadn't already started it. 
Okay. Um, and I only recently announced that there will be a five, five. Oh, wow. Okay. So is book five going to be the end or is it going to be a mystery? I'm going to say, I hope so. Just because <laughs> it's to write it. It's very emotional. Even for me, like I make myself cry. Like you have to really put yourself in wow. that character's mindset to, uh, basically one face demons, you know, mm -hmm. when you get over something in your past, you kind of want to just shut that off. Right. But it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not a masochist, but it's like, I have to force myself to go back and remember how it felt to be in that situation. Or, you know, um, or if, I, if I'm doing an interview with another, uh, another veteran and getting their story, mm -hmm. I have to really put the emotion into it. They can describe it because some people like to be vague, which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. So I have to force myself how I'd feel in that situation, which let's, let's be real. You don't know unless you're in that situation. Right. So it's like, I really have to pry feelings out of other people as well as myself, because to make it realistic for readers, I have to make it as real as possible, which is right. why it's a more of a realistic fiction. It's fiction because it's not exactly true, but at the same time, the emotions behind the situations and the characters are pretty real. Right. Um, and as you just said, it, it is a fictional story, but a lot of the emotions that actually does come from you, correct? For the most part, yes. Wow. Um, now, will all the books be short stories? Yes. The goal is to make them max 10 chapters and under 100 pages because I understand if you have PTSD or something, it's very hard to read something so intense. Mm -hmm. And so I have one reason I wanted to keep it short because it is very emotionally involved. It's very intense. Even for those who never served the military, it can get pretty emotional. I've gotten reviews from even uh, civilians who've never served the country before. And the, thing, the way that they describe on how they felt when they read it, I realized I achieved my goal. I made people feel, I made people see what veterans may or may not be enduring as they're trying to come home. They're trying to start over. They're trying to figure out what to do with their lives anymore. Gotcha. Now, is this book series the only thing you're writing or do you have other, other stories, maybe a book of poems or, or poetry that you're doing? Yes. I have also a book of poems and short stories, shorter stories, um, already started. I have another, uh, I'm going to shoot to actually do a real novel. So I've got multiple things going on at once. Now is that, is writing like your sole, sole income or do you have like another something that you do? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a very misguided conception. Authors don't make money, especially <laughs> the authors. <laughs> We don't really get paid, <laughs> gotcha. but I did recently start an online store. So that's one way I'm trying to spread the, the fight mission, but also try to get some income. But as far as actual income, I was a medical lab tech for the last five years until I was laid off not too long before the virus hit. And so I basically still just continue to be a rancher. I have longhorns and other cattle. And of course I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I have... I basically grow my own food, raise my own food. Um, 
and raised children. So it's like, I, I stay busy. And plus I'm a personal trainer and massage therapist, but with the virus oh, going on, there's, there's, I can't do any of that. So it's, right. it's, um, I don't know. I do a lot of things, but I love to write. Uh, writing the fight series again, it's just one of my passions. And I love being able to communicate with that, with the veterans. That's why veterans unite. You know, I try to, you know, live by example and lead by example that, you know, we kind of have to depend on each other, especially during these quarantine times. You have to check on one another. Exactly. Now, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I, again, I'm going to go back into your uh, Instagram uh, profile. You've got this one post that you've repeated throughout where you have a veteran saying, and it's something about um, every hour that a veteran fights alone, check on your battle buddy or something like that. That's a pretty powerful image that you've got there, too. Um, with the guy holding the gun up, up to his head and mm-hmm. uh, what what was the story behind that was that one of was something you created or is it was not but uh i've i've gotten a lot of negative feedback on certain things like that um that is one thing i've experienced in publishing the fight series is the other side of the veteran community where they don't like having that kind of information out there um but as far as those type memes or pictures or sayings or reviews you really got to hit home for people you got to make it real or they're not going to understand because people can talk all day they can preach they can say veterans need help veterans need money buddy veterans need assistance in every department but you got to make them feel it because veterans get pushed aside all the time and all people see and hear are statistics. Yeah. And honestly, if you're in a dark state of mind, becoming a statistic, there's, there's no feeling left involved. There's nothing, there's no hope. There's no reason. There's nothing. So you can't scare people with statistics. You got to make them feel it. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I also, as I find art or artists, uh, musicians, writers, whatever, um, I, I like talking to y'all. Um, my first interview for this podcast was with a, uh, a, a hip hop rapper uh, named soldier heart. And uh, that's his, that's the name he goes by. And he's got this one song called, uh, geez, uh one sec. I've got to get the name right or else. Uh, red flags? I'm, I'm not, no, not red flags. So, you know, soldier it. heart. Yes, that song is actually mentioned in the book. <laughs> oh, really? It is. Awesome. Now, oh, geez, what song was that? No, 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 no. It was Therapy Session Intro. Okay. It's the one where at the end of the song, the therapist is like, you know, realizes he's got a gun and he shoots himself. And to me, that was such a powerful song because of how it ended. And... um when I mentioned it to him during the interview, he just, he started laughing because he knew exactly what I was talking about. And yeah, but now interestingly enough, red flags, when I asked him what song meant the most to him, that song is what meant the most to him was red flags. Um, yeah. So nice choice. <laughs> it, 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 it answered to me too. Like it really hit home. a lot of his songs do, but red flag flags was sort of, 
coincidentally, I didn't write fight series from that song, but it was mm. coincidentally that it really correlated with why you have to act, keep checking yeah. on your battle buddies. You have to keep talking. You have to keep uniting. You can't just pretend better, you know, uh, uniforms off now. I don't, I don't need to talk to anybody anymore, which is the wrong answer. Exactly. And, and you know, it was interesting. I got out in 98. When I got out, I honestly had nothing to do with the veteran community until probably 2014. And it's not that I didn't want to have anything to do with them. I just, uh, to me, it was a out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But then once I started getting back into the community and I started getting into some of the um, different Facebook groups and whatnot, I ran into a number of people that were like, well, you know, my service didn't mean nothing. Um, you know, I served before the war kicked off. I don't have any issues. So, you know, everyone just thinks that I'm, I'm just some pogue piece of shit, you know? And it's like, well, so you didn't do anything, but we all signed that same check. You know, we all said we were willing to put our lives on the line when it, the time comes. And now that you're out, regardless of what you did while you're in, you can still do something to help your brothers and sisters out. And that's also one of the purposes behind the show is to show people there are other ways. If you need someone to reach out to, there's plenty of sources um, or resources. Uh, you can contact. I, I've got contacted by someone in Tennessee. I had made some post on, on a, one of the veteran pages and this guy was talking about how in the 20 something plus years since he got out, his only contact is pretty much his cat. And while he would love to not be with us anymore, he worries about what would happen to his cat if he passed. And so his cat is what actually keeps him going. And so I, I helped to connect him with another group where they are very active, uh, very chatty, if you will. And I see him interacting with them all the time. So I hope that in some small way that helps him out uh, in the long run. But uh, I would say um, I, I want to be respectful of your time and I totally appreciate you coming on, but I do have one final question for you uh, or actually two final questions. First one, how do people follow you and your book story? Um, the, the main connection that I seem to have with, fellow followers or readers is on Twitter, which is Ross underscore fight. Um, of course, I do have Instagram, Instagram which is Ross for that. Um, those are the main communication uh, outlets that I have. Uh, of course, I do have a website is BetsyRossAuthor.com as well. Okay. And the final question I've got for you is, is there a question that I didn't ask you, but should have? Wow. What would you like the world to know? Question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the fight series, I guess in general, how can I say this? Fight series is, it's intense. And it can come across a little confusing, but part of that is because of the flashbacks. Um, a part of the jumping around does involve the flashbacks, but it's also written from different veterans' perspectives. Um, because I wanted to make it personal for each character. 
That's why it jumps around. That's why you get a different perspective for each character that gets introduced. Um, even though fight kind of talks about things that no one likes to hear, if you are able to read it and share it, leave a review for other potential readers, you can actually save lives to some sense because I've had testimonies where marriages were saved because they, one spouse said, this book is exactly how I feel. You need to read this. And it wow. saved their marriage. So that alone was impactful for me and basically justified every doubt of reason that I had when trying to publish it. Cause I'm like, no one's going to want to read this. No one's going to want to read what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And to hear that, that has made every negative comment, every negative message I get all worth it. I can, I can tolerate people like that if I have the good still coming through. And now I just have to get more readers to actually, you know, uh, basically understand what that message is. Gotcha. Well, folks, that is why we've got her on right now. Because I want y'all to know the story. I want you to to read the books and feel the meaning behind it. And definitely um, share the message with everyone you know. If you're a veteran that has issues and you know your family has no concept of what you're going through and you're trying to get them to go through it, get them a copy of this book and have them read it. Um, because... Who knows, the the next person that shares it like that might save another marriage, might save another person's life. Um, And ultimately, that's what we're all here for. So, Betsy, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on. I will definitely share out all of your, um, your social links. And remember, folks, check out the show notes. That's where you're going to find all the links for this. And um, that way you can follow Betsy. You, I'll even throw in uh, the links to the Amazon pages. So if you want to get it through Amazon, by all means, go there. And um, like I said, let's share the message, share her stories, and uh, see everybody on the next round. Thank you very much, and see you all next time. All right, guys. So remember, if you want to follow Betsy, You can find all of her social media links in the show notes for Instagram, Twitter, and her website. But uh, also, the website is BetsyRossAuthor.com. Instagram is Ross4Vets. And Twitter is Ross underscore Fight. So go check her out. Follow her journey. um, Definitely pick up her books. All of that is also linked up in the show notes. Um, Easy to find on Amazon. Just type in Betsy Ross Fight, and it'll bring up the two books that she's got already. Don't forget, in May, or sometime just before May, her third book will be coming out. And because we mentioned that in the first book, Fight, she references Soldier Hard's song, Red Flags, That is a song that we are going to close out with for today. So, once again, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Follow Betsy, and enjoy.
was 24 years old, OIF vet, got out of the core, medals all on his chest, he was proud at the time, he fought for our country, as time passed by, he really wasn't happy, day turned darker, heart turned colder, pride all gone, anger took over, saw the VA and they gave him medication to help him fall asleep and stop hallucinating, PTSD with TBI, he was diagnosed, he used to have friends, but now they ain't even close to life for the party, but now he just stays alone, bottle up a Drinking it till it's gone. He picked up the phone and a 45 chrome. Told mom so miss her, hung up the phone. He wrote a note, and this is what it said. I don't wanna live no more, I'm better off dead. You see the red flags, you can see them there shining bright. All you gotta do is stop and open eyes. It's loud, and you could even hear them. All you gotta do is stop and pay attention. Yeah, the red flags, you can see them there shining bright. All you gotta do is stop and open eyes. To the red flags, they crying out for you, they screaming out for some help, but you just ignoring them. Pay attention. 18 years old, only just a PMC. Since he was a kid, he just glorified infantry. At 19, he earned him a CIP. Battle buddy died, cause of death RPG. He saw it happen, his buddy died on his lap. He noticed both legs wasn't even both attached. He blamed himself, he thought it should have been him. Survived the whole war and didn't even get hit. Always thinking why his buddy died. Why'd he get to live in his bedroom crying? Crying every day, morning, noon, every night. Blaming himself, he let his battle buddy died. He was a hard charger, but now he's just ate up. He had the whole world in his palms, but he gave up. He went to Home Depot and bought a rope. He hung himself in his bedroom, no, no. You see the red flags, you can see him there shining bright. All you gotta do is stop and open eyes. It's loud, and you can even hear him. All you gotta do is stop and pay attention. Yeah, the red flags, you can see him there shining bright. All you gotta do is stop and open eyes. Let's wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.